0: What Radio, the music you want. With your host, G's Dan. Death by stereo. Radiowhat.com What's up party people? It's Keys Dan with Radiowhat.com DJLittleRock.com Coming to you live and in living color From the Radio What Studios And this is my podcast What Makes You Famous It's an extension of the Radiowhat.com Internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time And if you need DJ services Where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Let me say that one more time. DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and you can have me, maybe, at your next event. I like to party with the people. Video dance parties and karaoke jams have been my specialty lately. And, you know, I get to do a lot of weddings. And now that wedding season is up, you know, People have mentioned to me over the years wedding season. What is wedding season? Uh, people have weddings all year long, whether it's hot, hot, hot or cold, cold, cold. You just go inside or outside as as the uh, the, the weather uh, permits or or dictates. So <laughs> you get to spend your time. you know I just have a wedding. you know, if you want to get married, you get married and have a wedding. And maybe you can have me at your event. Entertaining you. I like to entertain the people. And I appreciate that. I'm honored to be a part of your show. Speaking of shows, today on the program, India Dupre. I'm very excited to speak to this young lady. I was turned on to her by Nate the Great Peterman. And if you haven't listened to the podcast that I did with Nate the Great, I encourage you to travel back into the What Makes You Famous feed and find that podcast. So, yeah, I get to find out more. About India Dupre and you do too this week shows well this week I actually have a show out in public and that show is the Rab in Conway Arkansas yes the Rab in Conway Arkansas your favorite place to be in the whole wide world yeah I said it it's your favorite place Come on out, 8 p.m. until 1 in the... We have the video dance party, karaoke jam. They got the full bar, the kitchen is open, and the pool tournament is back. So if you want to play some pool and possibly make some money, try that at The Rab in Conway, Arkansas. So, yeah, join me, won't you? Come on out and play with us at the RAB. Uh, now, I know that they're we are taking precautions because of this COVID-19 coronavirus, and I, I know that I said it a certain way. I'm tired of this virus. I'm done with it. It's time to get it off, uh, You know, eradicate it. No more virus, okay? No more illness. Come on, scientists. Get out there. Get to work. I know. They're working hard to eradicate the coronavirus, the novel COVID-19 coronavirus coronavirus. <laughs> All right, party people. I think I've mentioned enough. I've talked your ear off enough. It's time to talk to India Dupre, and I get to have her on Skype. And also, if you're listening to the audio-only version of this, I encourage you to check out the YouTube version on my YouTube at Dan, and you'll be able to see uh, India Dupre. So yeah, <laughs> do that. So I'm going to Skype India Dupre now. I can't hear you. I got you perfectly okay. now.
1: Okay, I've got you perfectly now. Oh okay. my
0: goodness. Let me hit the record button.
1: Okay, okay, we got it, we got it, we got it. How?
0: I don't know how it happened, but it worked. <laughs> All right, hello. <laughs> this is Keys Dan with the What Makes You Famous podcast. Uh, introduce yourself for the people that don't know who you are.
1: Okay, so my name is India Dupre. I am 17 and I am from the Gold Coast, Australia. I sing pop stuff, I sing sad stuff, I sing a whole bunch of different stuff and I'm really excited to be here chatting with you today, Dan.
0: Well, I'm excited too, and I, I want to thank Nate the Great Peterman first of all for putting this together. Uh, I he, I had him on my podcast, and he is rather great, as his name might uh, yes. might say. But yes. just, he, he, you know, and it's nice that that people put people together and help people. Mm-hmm. Now, I I have been listening all day long to the India Dupree, and I hope I'm pronouncing the last name properly. Say the last name one more time. Dupree. Dupree. That's it. As we <laughs> Dupree. And have t- yes. good times here. Yes. And now you're located in Queensland right now.
1: Yes, right now.
0: And, and this born is and where raised? I
1: locate most of the time. I was born in Sydney, but I moved up here um, when I was quite young. So I've spent most of my time here for sure.
0: So what's the difference between Sydney and the Queensland?
1: I'd say that. Well, there were no beaches where I lived before. So once a year, we'd get all of our stuff together and have a big beach day. And now I practically live on the water. So, yeah, it's it's amazing. Just like a whole different vibe change, I guess you could say. It's more tropical here compared to Sydney.
0: Well, I mean, Sydney seems like the, the biggest uh, uh, city in Australia And Australia is a huge territory, a huge place. How how much of Australia have you discovered, Miss India Dupre?
1: So I haven't really, I haven't really travelled around too much. I've sort of stayed on the on the one half of Australia. I've been to Melbourne and obviously Sydney and a couple other places, but I haven't really explored too much of it. But I'd really like to see, you know, all the different cultures and different parts of Australia. Because you're right, it definitely is massive and it has so many different areas and different things. So yeah, I'd love to go check it all out. So I don't know why I haven't see. already, but.
0: All right, well, going with the, the Queensland uh, Bureau of uh, of Tourism, uh, give us the, the highlights of what is in your magical place there of Queensland. Uh, give us a tour, a virtual tour, if you will.
1: Yes, yeah, so basically a lot of people come here for the beaches because they are beautiful. You can rock up on any day and there's big, beautiful blue waves and, you know, palm trees and it's beautiful. So definitely our beaches but the people here are really, really lovely. Like, you can go anywhere. It's very homey, very, like, inclusive. Um, people, like, take people in, like, family. It's really, really cool. Um, where else? Queensland. I wouldn't say it's the tourist capital, but it, it has a lot of beautiful places, like, natural Natural places that people like to visit, like we have um, glowworm caves, and we've got beautiful mountain ranges. Don't gloss over that?
0: What's a glowworm?
1: <laughs> so it's it's a bug, but they glow in the dark. So you walk into a cave, and there's just little like they they look like l- little light bulbs just flying everywhere. It's really really cool. They well, I, they like they glow in the dark, and you go in the cave, and they're just glowing everywhere. So yeah, we've got some fun stuff.
0: Well, that's fantastic. As a young lad, I used to grab uh, lightning bugs and put them in jars. Is this something that uh, a young India Dupre has been doing?
1: No, not really. I mean, we we don't have we don't have those sort of bugs here. I mean, except for you know, obviously the cave. But I was always scared of insects and all the stuff. Being in Australia, you see a lot of insects and spiders. And that's that's the craziest part about going to America is that I'm like, where are all your bugs? I'm like, I haven't seen one fly, haven't seen one ant. I, I was so shocked at the fact that I didn't see any insects or anything because I'm from Australia and we have insects everywhere.
0: So, <laughs> so it's a more yeah. natural environment then. Uh, being yes in australia okay all right i've always wanted to go i'm very fascinated and yes of course i'm gonna bring up crocodile dundee he's oh, the, of course. he's the man that introduced to. australia to the world uh put it on the map so to speak for for the people of my generation uh i, I come <laughs> from the 80s i'm here to help you know I'm, i and i i grew up with with uh, uh oh my goodness paul, paul hogan uh, and and the like, and that, and, and of course Steve Irwin, another hero mm-hmm. of mine. You know, uh, yes. but uh, I, what what do what do people call someone who is fascinated with the the likes of Australia? Is that an Australia file? Is it that simple?
1: It's it's interesting because I I feel like a lot of people in the world look at America and look at America and everything that they have and that they all want to they all want to move there but everyone that I know that has been to America they've like never came I mean been to Australia from America they've never wanted to come back cuz they they love it there like all of the Americans that I know that have been to Australia they they love the vibe they love it so much and a lot of them even move there so I do know that Americans do love Um, Australia and other parts of the world as well but I think that Steve Irwin is one of those people where like you don't make jokes about him respect him he is like an icon for Australia and yeah so I don't know if there's a specific name for people that love Australians but we're, we're pretty cool people we've got some cool stuff
0: well, I know the Brits have Anglophile, and I'm not sure you know the the the, uh, the origins of that. It must be Latin uh, for sure, but I- I'm sure that Maybe. there's a word for people that love. All things Australian, you know the Australian flag, the Australian beaches, the Australian uh, accent, and yes, I'm going to make you talk as much as I possibly can because I'm enjoying that accent. And, and of course, you're in your head saying, saying, "What what accent? I don't have an accent." Exactly, you have an accent.
1: exactly. But I have to say, whenever I watch. Um, tv shows in another country like an american tv show and they have like someone with an australian accent it's always so weird to hear like it's like i've i've done quite a few podcasts and i was so used to an american accent and then i did one with an australian and i was like this sounds so funny um then i realized that's how i sound so yeah i forget that it's there but well, how's
0: my american i accent? do get
1: reminded of it oh i love it oh i right. love it Fantastic. Fantastic. i love american accents See, so we're much. as
0: fascinated by yours as you are of ours. And, and you know, I'm yeah. living here in the South, I guess it would be. So I probably should have a more of a twang, but I'm from more Miami. A twang. Yeah, I'm, more, I'm, I'm from Miami, Florida, and and I've studied broadcast uh, my whole life pretty much. Right after high school, I went straight to broadcasting school, and they, they knocked any sense of an accent out of me. And it's called a middle American accent is what they try to give broadcasters but it's not really any regional accent at all hey. no one speaks what broadcasters speak which is supposed to be that's interesting middle of the road are there different accents so d- do they Australia? try
1: and like influence the way that you speak as a broadcaster like so that it's more universal for everybody to like understand or relate to, or what's what's the goal with that?
0: I suspect so. It, it has to be enunciations, of course. I stutter, you know, immensely, especially when I'm trying to uh, bring a thought out. If you say something that that strikes my my fancy, and then you continue on with your thought, I'm going to have that bit in my head that I want to <laughs> bring out a little bit more. Like the glow worms just recently yeah. where I wanted to know more about glow worms. So tell me mm-hmm. more about Queensland, your, your little uh, area of, of the world. Uh, so uh,
1: Queensland,
0: take me on a tour.
1: So like, like, I mentioned before, the beaches are definitely a big part, but it's always sunny. Well, except for winter it gets super bloody cold, but it's always sunny and happy, and the weather's beautiful all the time. It's called the Sunnyside State, actually, so the Sunshine State as well. Um, But we have so many, like, separate areas. We've got Brisbane, which is a big city, and there's quite a lot of music there. There's a couple music schools and everything. Um, But in the Gold Coast, where I'm from, we've got, like, massive shopping centres and... Well, that's funny. I'm kids from Florida in the
0: USA, and that's known as the Sunshine State as well. So we have that in common. So tell mm-hmm. me about the beaches. What do you? What does an India Dupre do on the beach?
1: Wow, well, I hate sand. I hate sand on my feet, and then I have to put shoes back on. That sucks. I hate sandy clothes when that's wet and damp. I hate it. So, and I hate sharks. I have like an immense fear of jellyfish and sharks and like, but it's not even them. It's the fact that they can hurt me and me thinking about the pain of that. I'm a big pain person. So when I think of getting stung by a jellyfish or getting eaten whole by a shark, it prevents me from going in the ocean quite a bit. But I personally enjoy sitting back and watching other people risk their life on the beach. But do you have all that
0: on your beaches? Do you have uh, sharks and jellyfish and all those types of creatures at your beaches when you go there?
1: Well, sometimes you walk around the beach and you just see some fish just on the sand, just flopping about. And you're like, what (laughs) came out of nowhere? And then you see sometimes of the year you have jellyfish everywhere, like on the beaches. But we, we have shark nets. You know, sometimes they can get around them, but most of the time it keeps us pretty safe. But yeah, I'm just a bit crazy. But yeah, we have got um, we've got heat. We've got giant um, seagulls and pelicans and all that sort of thing. But yeah, we do definitely get jellyfish and that sort of thing floating around and stinging people
0: you know what's funny india dupree i i've grown up next to the beaches i i'm, I'm from miami florida right next to the atlantic ocean mm-hmm. uh, the florida keys which is where i get my my nickname keys dan my stage name if you will my nom du plume uh, but uh, i i don't like the sand but i do like the ocean isn't that mm-hmm. odd i like the the feel of the ocean the the salt water, it feels like. Yes. All right, say you have any ailments. If you have a cut on your skin, it's a like
1: cleansing, it isn't it? It does.
0: It cleanses you. It makes you feel good. And, and I've always thought that. But here I am. I moved uh, to uh, Central Arkansas, which is very landlocked. Uh, there, it's it's very green. So my my world turned from mm-hmm. from blue, you know, beach blue, blue to green, ocean blue to green. And, and I'm in the natural state. But you went the opposite way. I had no idea that Sydney wasn't near the water. I, th- I always thought that it was right next to the water. It's, is it landlocked?
1: Well, I'm sure that there's water in some places, but where I'm from, there, there wasn't much of it. There's like obviously like the Sydney Harbor Bridge, and there's like, you know, obviously heaps of water there and all that sort of thing. But where I grew up, there wasn't a lot of water around me. I guess I haven't really been to too many beaches in Sydney, but I guess living here, I've had more of an opportunity to travel and see all the headlands and everything. So yeah, I guess I guess you could say that, yeah, Sydney does have you know nice water spots and beaches because yeah, but I haven't really seen too many of them. Right, over well, the years.
0: Let's get into a little bit of of India Dupre. You know, the, the family mm-hmm. life, the, the early life of India Dupre. Tell me about your mom and dad and any brothers and sisters that you had. What is it What is it like for you? What was it like for you growing up?
1: So I am the middle child, which means I was a lot of trouble growing up. Um, so I had a younger sister and an older sister. And so we're, we're, we're all like three or four years apart, I'd say, so, something like that. Three girls? Yes.
0: I feel bad for the daddy. He's an island of <laughs> testosterone in a sea of estrogen.
1: Yes, my my dad he um he's a musician, so he's he's incredible on the guitar, which is obviously where I'd get my music from because it's not on my mom's side. But yeah, my my dad played guitar. He was amazing, and I guess he's passed that musical bone on to me. So I've always been into music, but all all of the kids have like really amazing talents so my little sister she's a cheerleader she's an acrobat like she's she's beautiful and she so she's the athletic one and then my older sibling she's an artist so she writes books and she does illustrations and very very creative.
0: It's and in the blood. I'm a singer, it's, so we've got it, yeah.
1: a whole handful of different things.
0: It's absolutely in the blood. I have no doubt about it. It, it came from Dad. Uh, how far did he take his music career? You say he plays guitar, but what did he do with that?
1: So he was asked to audition for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and he, yeah, he's he's amazing. He he doesn't really play a lot, like openly, like it's more of like a passion for him, but. Anyone who's heard him play is like, he's like the best I've ever heard. He's so good. He's amazing. And I agree. I will never stop talking about how good my dad is at guitar, but it was always just something that he did for himself, even though like he did get offered amazing opportunities. He had um, his work passion elsewhere. So, yeah, I guess music was just something that he did for him because it was in his soul and he passed that sort of on me
0: well how did he pass that on to you did he teach you how to play guitar at all or, or any instruments
1: so i oh, my dog's going off don't mind them oh no they're um, part of the show he, now he bought I like me it. a guitar for my third birthday never touched it never touched the thing was not interested i just i i sung i started singing at the age of 12 and then i started realizing okay so how am i going to do all these gigs and stuff if I can't play guitar. So I finally, like I'd, I'd gone to teach myself how to play guitar a couple of times, but I never really followed through with it. So then I got a couple lessons and I picked up some chords and now, now I'm playing guitar. So it happened a little bit later. Um, but I'm, I'm happy that I'm figuring it out now and I'm picking it up.
0: Yeah. So, all right. From age one through age 12, uh, no singing, uh, nothing. Nah. And then all of a sudden really. on your 12th birthday, you blow out the candles, you make a wish. I wish I was a singer. <sighs> ah, you're a singer. What? No. Well, what's the training? Um, what's, I, what's the transition?
1: I guess as a baby, I'd like bump around to random tracks, but um, I was really, really bored one summer, school holidays, and there was a theatre production happening, and mum's like, why don't you guys try out? And we're like, we don't sing. We don't do anything. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm bored. Might as well give it a go. So I learned a dog song, Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog. That was my audition song. Sing a little so bit right it. now. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? What's on the other side? I sung it just like that. Oh, just my like goodness. That was perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. That had to so be so I, adorable. I, and, and at 12 years old, how old were you on this uh, one? Yes,
1: yeah, so I, I was 12. And um, the people that auditioned, my mom were like, hey, she's not completely terrible. Like, maybe you could get us some lessons. And so I started getting lessons. And... I um Doing those shows, I sort of found my love for being on stage and for performing, even though I was so shy back then. But I loved performing and I loved being on a stage and, you know, doing the whole show thing. So I did singing lessons, you know, from there. And, yeah, so I did singing lessons and then I only started taking my singing seriously in the last couple of years when I realised, I'm like... I can't even imagine myself doing anything else with my life. Like I know in my soul that like my purpose in this life is to those birds that you're hearing. This happens 24 seven. This is Australia. No, it sounds like a menagerie. Dogs going off. No, tell me. Spiders on the wall. (laughs) Those are
0: not your animals. How many of those animals can you claim? None of those you feed on a regular basis. The dogs,
1: we the dogs are ours. What we have like, hundreds of birds. In fact, um, we this is very Australian. Our family has like taken in like four different families of birds and as an uh, of an afternoon, they come and they sit in our yawn. Our yawn? Our yawn our lawn. They sit in our lawn. No in Australia we call it yawns. (laughs) (laughs) They they sit in our Garden and they yell at us until we feed them. We have these big black crows. We have we have like all these different we've got ibises. I don't know if you guys know what ibises are, but they're this like weird chicken looking thing. We just have families of different birds that come to our house as a big party every single afternoon. We go out there, we give them ham or chicken or whatever we've got. My mum goes to the shops and she buys food for them because they're like her children. She goes outside, we, we throw them all the food, and they come and they get it out of our hand and we have about 15 to 20 different birds in our garden just waiting for us to feed them every single day so <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> no that's fantastic I, I've, I've heard of people feeding chicken to chickens isn't that cannibalism Whoa. yeah it that's sounds,
1: definitely cannibalism it sounds 100 percent
0: all right, since you mentioned yep. your mom, you said you got the music from your dad, but you had to have gotten mm-hmm. something from your mom, and I'm seeing a love for animals. What else did you get from your mom? Brag on her right now.
1: Okay, my mom's amazing. I got her forehead, and I got my love for animals, and I got, I guess, who I am, my sense of humor is from my mom. Um, I grew up with my mum, so my mum and dad are separated. So I grew up more with my mum than my dad. So I've got a lot of my mum's like inflections. I look a bit like her and she looked at my age. So just a lot of like who I am as a person, I guess I get from my mum. Well,
0: that's fantastic. But you still have a relationship with your dad as well. Mm hmm. See, that's amazing. That's something that I I didn't have. You know, my my parents split up as well, and I, I got to see my biological dad every once in a while. But I'm glad that you they still made it work. They still know that they have a child or three children, really, to to raise. So your sisters uh, still keep in touch with dad, then.
1: So my youngest sister is a half sister, and my oldest sister is the other kid with my dad, and. It went from – so when we lived in Sydney, we'd come on weekends or, you know, every second week we'd do that sort of thing. But then when I moved to Queensland, I'd go down in school holidays and all of that sort of thing. So I didn't see my dad as much, but it was always good to see him, you know, whenever we went down.
0: Well, what are the good memories that you had when you went to visit with your dad? What, what kind of activities did he have planned for you?
1: We used to always um, – I'm very close with my grandma, and my dad's side of the family, so I'd always go stay with Nan, and we'd go to like these really cool water parks in Sydney, um, the Aquatic Centre where they held uh, one of the Olympics. That was like our favorite spot to go. Had these the giant big water buckets, and it was this big like indoor inflatable. Had like a whirlpool in it. That was like our prime spot. That was like every single time we went there. That was our spot to go. So that's like probably my favorite memory growing up is those
0: whirlpools and oh yeah Yeah. you're giving me memories right now i remember the uh we had a water park in fort lauderdale right right there in south florida uh, where i grew up and we you know and i was just starting on the radio and i remember we had radio promotions and that was one of my favorite things to do was go do radio promotions at the water park because it was a fun day it was like i wasn't even working I would go around yeah. giving people tickets to different concerts and bumper stickers and pins, and then jump in the uh, in the water and splash around. So yes, I, <laughs> it's I, like I'm,
1: a cheat day. Hey, oh it's goodness. still working, but not really. Right?
0: It's a it's a water day, and it, and my goodness, if you could have fun doing what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I know I didn't say that first, but I love that saying. Uh, you know, and and you're already finding at such a young age that you have a love for music and and. Oh, my, my goodness, a lot of people would not take the chance on themselves to, you know, give everything else up, uh, have no backup, and just go for it. But, you know, you have, you have. Uh, all right, mom, what, what kind of things is, does she do that you look up to her about? And then, you know, of course, you brag on your older sister, you know, with her art. And then the younger sister, she's also in music as well, right?
1: No, she she does dancing, dancing and that's all, all it. then yeah, I guess sort of, yes. sort of music.
0: So brag on, on what what you get from your mom and from your older sister, and then from your younger sister. What do you take and bring and and cr- bring it to yourself? Uh, what how mm-hmm. does that incorporate into India Dupre?
1: Okay, so my mom is a nurse, and her passion is helping people. So I've always grown up with, you know, you put other people before you, you help people when you can. So because of that, I'm heavily involved with different charities and all of that sort of thing. So I get my, my givingness and my empathy for others from my mum and the helping hand from my mum. And my older sibling is autistic So from dealing with that, I'm not dealing with it, but from growing up around that and seeing how that has impacted her life, I am understanding of all types of people and I see everybody as equal And that's what I've gotten from my older sister, um, seeing how people weren't very nice to her at school and, you know, different people didn't understand things. I sort of got to understand different people and the struggles that they have in their life and how other people interpret different things. And from my younger sister.
0: My my, mom is a nurse Mm -hmm. as well. And she Mm -hmm. she went all the way in nursing. She has a doctorate of nursing. So whenever whenever we were growing up, if if one of my friends would come over and and say, oh, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, be a nurse. Be a nurse. Take care of people. Now, I do want to get into the autism. How how did that present itself was she a high functioning aut- uh, you know how did how did that affect her life because autism is a is a spectrum right as far as i understand mm-hmm. i've never dealt with anyone one on one that had autism uh, how did that affect her life and that and then in turn how did that affect your life
1: so i'm quite a sensitive person and when i see like people that make fun of people with autism or treat them differently. Like it affects me more than, you know, it, it affects, it affected her. So Alex, that's, that's the autist's name. She is the most intelligent person I've ever met. And a lot of people think that autistic people, um, are dumb because they don't think the same way as normal people. So they, they think of things on a different layer and they interpret things differently. So sometimes it, takes them longer to understand. So like my, my cousin, for example, he, um, he's incredibly intelligent, but they, he thinks in different ways. And so is my sister. So they, they have different like shifts of thinking, but sometimes, you know, that works in their advantage because they pick up on different things. And when there's assignments and essays and stuff, they, they think further and, when when they have something that they're fascinated with, they go and they learn all about it and they share the information.
0: Now,
1: so do they get along yeah. together?
0: A, a cousin with autism and your sister with autism. Do they get along together? They, do you feel like like they communicate better than or better than or as well as as you would with someone else?
1: Yeah. So I guess they they're all connected in a sense that they understand each other's emotions and they like a lot of them have. Um, a lot of them are aware that they don't think neurotypically and they don't um, think like other people and they can't, like, socialise with other people. Like, they find it really hard to have social contact and to communicate and a lot of that sort of thing. But it's amazing to see that they can, like, understand each other and communicate each other because they have the same way of thinking. But to answer the question how it's impacted my life, I guess when I was growing up, um just being around people that would make fun of people with disabilities and autism and oh it it affected me a lot because I'm like you guys are calling these people dumb and all this sort of thing when I know for a fact that these are the smartest people in the world you know like they so they're so intelligent and they're so creative and those are the people that are you know making the biggest changes in the world and creating new technology it's these people that you know they might they might not be the best with social situations but they're so smart and in figuring different things out and finding different keys and puzzles and they're really really intelligent so I guess it just made me more accepting of people um, if I had grown up without a sibling that was autistic I think that I would still sit back like everyone else and not have that level of understanding and just, yeah. I think I think I'm I'm lucky that I've witnessed that because now you know I can relate to other people and I can be more inclusive with the people that I surround myself with.
0: See, that's very good that you're empathic and you're caring uh, for people that are that are. It was neuro neuroatypical?
1: neurotypical neurotypical oh so neurotypical yeah. i believe i i haven't done too much research on it but i'm pretty sure that's how like the general people think no, i like and that then, word i was
0: picking up on like, it it was a great word neurotypical that, that's how yeah, most um, people it's are it's cuz
1: a lot of people use the word like normal people and i've i've definitely said that before but i'm trying to change it so that you know, I'm not saying normal people and making them out to not be normal people. So I think neurotypical is the best word I can
0: use. Hey, old man getting woke. Look. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I'm, I'm learning these things and, and I'm learning it from you, India Dupre, a 17-year-old out there in Queensland, in Australia. Here, here I am, old man in the US of A, learning stuff from you. I, I enjoy picking <laughs> brains and I'm picking your brain right now. Uh, you know, so uh, and uh, if I'm understanding the autistic... May have one skill or several skills that they can focus on that much better. I mean, the only autistic in pop culture that I can think of is Rain Man, where he could count cards uh, better than anybody, and he was able to gamble, and they were able to win lots of money because he was counting cards in Las Vegas. And, and you know, I, I I'm I'm tr- picking up on there's one task, uh, and she, you say that she's an artist. What's her medium? What what, what kind of art does she do?
1: So she's been writing, um, a book for the last, actually for like four years now, but most people will just like write the book. She figures out each person, their history, their background, why they are the way they are, what makes them tick. And there's like so many different characters and, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of depth to what she does. I think that it's like music, I guess. It's like some people can look at something or listen to something and interpret it in a certain way, but then another person can look at it and be like, oh, I understand this on a deeper level. And so I guess a lot of her art is open to interpretation and um, she has a lot of, like, um, fantasy character drawing and that sort of thing, so...
0: Well, that's yeah. the making for some IP. I could see some big movies coming out of that, you know. But uh, you know, having something so itri- intricate to where you can have, uh, you know, several books, and I, I think that's great. I, and that's how it's presenting. And 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 she's making her way in the world, and and I'm glad that she, she has you there to to kind of help her out and defend her against those those bullies that are out there that are uh, you know trying to do the bad thing. So brag on the the younger younger sister, the dancer the cheerleader.
1: So she's 12. Um, and so she's at the age where she steals all my stuff and she's becoming a moody teenager. So yeah, so that's fun. But, um, I've got, I've got a really great relationship with my younger sister. We fight all the time. Oh, all the time. But we have like a relationship that's based on respect And she trusts me and she comes to me with, I mean, out of anyone she'll come to me about what's going on in her life and how I can help her and I'm very protective over her as well. I make sure that she's, you know, sticking with the right crowds and she's not, you know out doing a lot of the negative things that a lot of the teenagers are doing these days but she's she's getting into that teenager thing you know she's in high school now and she's doing with a lot of mean girls at school and um I guess yeah I she she's amazing she's beautiful like she could be a model but she's she's a dancer so she she's this fit little thing and I, I don't think she has any idea of what she wants to be. I mean, most people don't until they're an adult anyway. I, I'm just lucky that I found it early on. But I think she's still figuring figuring her life out. She's still young. She doesn't know what, you know, she wants to be. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how she grows as a person. And I'm excited to see, you know, what sort of person she she becomes.
0: I guess I don't remember how old I was when I went to high school, 12 I I thought I was older than that when I went to high school, but I guess maybe. See, in,
1: in Australia, um, we have primary school and high school, and I know you guys have like soph. Is it sophomore and
0: yes, yes, uh, all that
1: all that sort of thing. See, so we don't understand sophomore. that. We um, primary school is like year one to six. Okay. And so there's different grades, and then high school is year seven till twelve.
0: Okay, and we would have a middle so we, school got in there two somewhere. Schools. We have a middle school Pardon? in there. Uh, oh, yeah. You yeah.
1: guys have middle school, don't you?
0: Sixth, seventh, and eighth, or sometimes it's junior high, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Uh, you know, this way, the kids, you know, be, between 12 and 18, those are the dog years. There is so much growth there. So to have a 12-year-old mm-hmm. at the same with an 18-year-old is sometimes it's detrimental. You know, cause for, for bullying uh, can can happen, can present itself that way. And I, I'm glad they have an inter- India Dupre to protect them. So I'm guessing she's yeah, going to the same um, school Yeah, in as you. Australia,
1: a lot of the the 18-year-olds are not worrying about what the 12-year-olds are doing. It's like two different, two different groups of people. So that's not really anything to worry about. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think it's good for them to learn responsibility and to be taken out of primary school where they have to walk everywhere in two lines and you know, they're still being babied to, you know, going to high school where it's like, okay, we've got all these different classes, they're in different places of the school and they're like figuring themselves out and finding responsibility. And it's on them to get to class on time. It's on them to have all of their equipment. So I think it's good to help them um, have responsibility and sort of get that resilience of being with older people.
0: Well, I'm guessing that's, uh, for us, it must be a big jump. I'm not that familiar with the educational system. Uh, Only as I knew it, as I was growing up, I went first through fifth, and then sixth, seventh and eighth, it was middle school. And I remember we didn't change classes that often, but we did change classes. So it was kind of a, 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 a transition between having all your classes in one room to having classes in several rooms. And then by the time you got to high school, yes, each class was in a different room. And sometimes mm-hmm. halfway through the semester, you would switch to a totally different uh, class. So uh, you know, this is me remembering my, my high school days. But okay, so how are you in school? Uh, and I'm guessing you're still in high school, right? So
1: I was at one school and then I transferred to another school. And I stayed there for a while. And then in year ten, I decided that I was going to study independently, and I was going to study online music. So, the way that the the way that I came to that decision is at my school specifically. The way that it was sort of running was they were assuming that the kids didn't know what they were doing, so they're like, "Okay, um, your subjects are." maths, English and science and then other electives. But you were kind of forced to um, do a whole bunch of different weird subjects. But because I knew what I wanted to be and where I wanted to go in life, I knew that it would not benefit me for me to stay at that school and to do all of these subjects, all these extracurricular things that I know I'm not going to be. I guess they were like trying to let people test different things to sort of see like, Oh, I'm interested in this or this sits right with me. But because I already knew what that was, I knew that it wasn't going to benefit me to spend those years. Well, for example, Um, what,
0: what types of classes were they trying to put you into?
1: So there was like different kinds of science classes and there were curricular activities like um, photography and art and cooking and like, so those are the ones I was good at, but there were also other classes. I don't really know which specific ones um, they were doing, but I knew when I looked at them, I'm like, um, I, I can either do what everyone else is doing and spend the next three years um, studying all these subjects when I know that I'm going to be miserable and I know that I'm going to wish I was doing other things or I can show my family how passionate I am and spend the next few years studying intensely something that I know is going to benefit me. So it was a really hard decision and it was, it was a really big decision. Um, and I found a course that studied music industry and I studied every single section of the music industry, like how to create music online, how to license music, copyright, how to manage yourself, like all these different things. So I was at home studying. I was doing so, but studying music. And so now I have a certificate 3 in music and I've learnt so much more, you what's, know, what's in that certif- time and it's c- going to benefit me.
0: 3. What's what's that? What does that let you so do? So
1: that's that's like under a diploma and under it's like slightly under a diploma, I believe. I believe. Yeah, it's um so I studied that and then that was like my qualification out of it so now I can like teach music um like I can be a singing teacher I guess I can work at different music places because I have that qualification and I have that that knowledge so I studied and yeah so that's that's what I got out of that but I also now have a lot of knowledge from that and yeah so I'm I'm so I left school and then studied online, and now I'm here. And I, now I'm trying to find another thing to study because I've got one more year left. This this would have been my year 12. Um, but since COVID-19, it's sort of stopping a lot of places from being open, so I can't really find find much at the moment, but I'm still like learning guitar and still teaching myself
0: things. So what did your mom think of, of you stepping out of, of regular school and no more math, <laughs> no more science, no more... Reading, writing, arithmetic, uh, history, all done with that. It's all music now. What did your mom think of yeah.
1: that? Yeah. So I think my mom always – she was always expecting and always wanted, like, that you graduate high school and then you study something at university and because that, that's how most people think. That, that's what they expect from most people. But it took her a while because she's like – you need to have like a backup. You need to have a backup thing if music doesn't work out because obviously it's a stupidly hard industry to go in. But I think she saw the passion and she saw um, how hard I was fighting for it. Um, Like I was crying all the time. I was like calling my dad. She's like, "Um, your dad's not going to let you do this. Like this is a really bad idea, all this sort of thing. But I think it took for her to see the passion and see that, I really believed that it was what was right for me. And I guess she had to trust that I was confident in it enough to really make it a full-time thing, you know, even when I was still a kid. um, And it was, I'm so thankful that she, you know, allowed me to make that decision. Um, She didn't at the start, but she came around and it was the best decision I've ever made. Everyone asked me, do I miss school? Not at all, I would never go back. I am so glad I made the decision that I made and it sucks because, you know, I don't see my friends at school anymore and I don't, you know, do all these things and I don't get to go to my, you know, school form. I think you guys call it prom, um, all that sort of thing. But I know that I'm benefiting my future and I'm putting my future first by, you know, sacrificing all of that and sacrificing the, nine-to-five job that I could have gotten to stay through school and I would have had a way more consistent life, a more reliable life. But I can't live life that way for me, you know what I mean? Like, I can't – I mean, with the industry that I'm going into, I, my, my career could start and finish in the next five years. I don't know where I'm going to be in the next year or the next three years or the next ten years. But if I stayed in school, I could probably, like, map out the rest of my life but
0: you can work a desk job in a cubicle, uh, wearing a suit and, and working yep. nine to five, but that's not you mm-hmm. India to no. That's not you. I, and and I, that would I mentioned drive it, me crazy. It's, it's funny. I mentioned it in the beginning that you were betting on yourself and here at the, you know, towards, you know, uh, we're 40 minutes into it and I'm finding out that you did indeed bet on yourself. You you're chucking all the, quote-unquote, normal things that people do to prepare for life, and you are taking a bet on, on your talent passion, and making that into a career. And not a lot of people can do that. You think there's a lot of, of artists out there, but the word starving is in front of that word artist quite often, starving artist. But you're taking a bet on yourself, Indy Dupre, and and I, man, I commend you for that. And your mom, I, I think... She probably gave in this is what i'm, I'm kind of reading into it is you had a little dis- discussion mom i don't want to go to school anymore i want to study music i, I want to make that my career and she finally had to give in is that is that what i'm reading
1: i was pretty persistent yep
0: yeah <laughs> i
1: wasn't gonna have it any other way i was like i was i'm like mom i'm telling you this is what's gonna happen um this this is what i need um, in order to succeed like I need this for myself but I think something that's really hard also but also an amazing thing about the career that I'm going into is it's not a job that I can just like take my clothes off close the book and go home like this is a 24-7 job because it's me it's who I am I have to forever be learning and growing and working and sending this email or making this phone call or doing this, doing that, and then building as a person and making sure that all these different things are on track. So it's not like I am learning guitar, but I'm also writing music and I'm planning different trips and different gigs. And it's not – but I love what I do. Yeah. And that's what makes it so rewarding is, yeah, it's not as easy as just closing the book and going home and, you know, leaving my job because my job is my 20s twenty four seven life. My job is also, you know, my my mom at work, you know, when she has a spare five minutes, she's finding different gigs and emailing different people. Like, um, I've definitely picked a hard career and a hard job, but I know that it's where I'm meant to be. So
0: India Dupree. It's what the kids call a straight up hustle. And you have to hustle. Yes, what and, the
1: and, kids call a straight up hustle.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, you're going to spend your 20s hustling and, and just getting this career on track. But hopefully, somewhere in there, you're going to find that you can make a time for yourself. There's time to reflect. There's, you know, some people, when they create, they'll write their songs. Okay, I'm going to take this two hours of the day, no more, no less to write my music, and this two hours of the day, I'm going to record that music, and then this two hours, I'm going to study some music, either online, on YouTube, or read a book about theory, you know, you have to, you'll find that there's going to be a structure, how do you structure your day, I mean, and I want to delve into, you know, from when you, you started singing Rainbow Connection back at 12 years old, and then you started Taking lessons, you know. So take me through that. I mean, what what did those lessons entail? And then we'll come to right now how you're structuring your time, Indie Dupre. Okay.
1: So when I actually when I, when I when I went to my first ever singing lesson, I thought I was going to walk in, sing some songs, some lady was going to clap at me, and then I go home. But I went there, and she's like, "Okay, so you're doing scales," and I was like, "What? That's not singing." I don't want to do scales and I did scales and I'm like, I'm not going back. What and then scales? I came back and what I did, I did my scales and what I figured out this. So scales are like, um, got like that's you go know, like, that a sort scale? of
0: thing.
1: Yeah. See that, that's, that's a scale. There's different types, but it's like to warm up your vocals. So I was doing scales and I realized that, okay, it's helping me, you know, it's, I saw in my pride. I'm like, okay, I get it now. And so I go into lessons, and um, I couldn't. was that they could see potential. My singing teacher, she's amazing. She could see potential, but I wasn't very good do, at all. Do you remember her but, name? Yeah, Danielle. She's still my singing teacher to this day.
0: Well, good. Give credit where credit is due. I always like she is
1: amazing. Yeah. Vocal adrenaline. It's the best singing school on the Gold Coast. It's amazing. And she is the best singing teacher. And so I've I've been going to her, like, my whole singing career. So I, a lot of who Five I am and what my voice is from her. So, yeah, I, I, I give a lot of that to her because she's an amazing singing teacher. But she, she saw what my voice could be at, a, at an early stage. Like, she saw my tone and different things, and we worked on it. And she got me, you know, from A to Z. Like she she pushed my voice and challenged it. And now, you know, I've got so much more to my voice that I can do. And, you know, I'm a great singer and I, I can do all these different things. And that's because of her. So, yeah, she, she's amazing. And so, yeah, I, I went to sing lessons every week. Mm-hmm. And the biggest change, I think, that I've ever made in my voice was... I went to an open mic night. um, When was this? And this was, I'd have to say I was like 13. Okay. 13 maybe, 14. So after a year of singing lessons? Pardon?
0: So after a year of singing lessons?
1: Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say a year, a year or so. And it was just so that I could perform, you know, whatever songs I was learning in class in front of, you know, a couple people. It was to help me with my confidence, I guess, and um, just a different opportunity to perform that. And so I went to a sing lesson and I met Carl. So he's the guy that runs runs that. And now I can look back today and be like, he's one of my best friends and he's like a father figure to me as well. Like he is one of the closest people to me and he's a guitarist and he plays um for me now. And every single week since I was like 13, I've been going to these open mics um, consistently, sometimes twice a week. And my confidence, like, as me as a, as a person has transformed in so many different ways because of that, like – before I did open mics I couldn't even go up and speak to people like this conversation wouldn't even be happening because I'd just be like in a corner like sweating but I um I can speak to people and I can go up and meet people and sing to people and no matter how small or how big a crowd is and that's because of him and consistently every week pushing myself to get up and perform and to not be embarrassed even if you know I do a bad job or even if, even if someone that walks in that I know from school, because um, I was really, really embarrassed about my music at school, which is something we can get into a little bit later. But, um, yeah, so if, if someone walked in from school and I was super embarrassed and freaking out, I'd have to suck it up and just do it. And so it's pushed me, um, but it's helped me grow in so many different ways. So crediting Danielle is definitely a big part, but also crediting... Um, these open mics that I've been going to consistently for the last couple of years have really transformed my voice and me as a person and my stage confidence and confidence in general.
0: All right. First song, first place, first open mic. Where was it? What song did you sing?
1: Oh, God.
0: How many people were there?
1: Probably like, I don't know, 10. Probably like 10 people, including like the chefs in the back um i can't remember what song it was it was probably some really sad like well what songs
0: were you singing in those first few times
1: oh all like depressing sad songs like, like mad world and all of that sort of thing just like sad depressing stuff I was a really sad singer back then um that's that's where my roots were like all the sad like meaningful moving stuff that was where my voice was so I was singing a lot of sadder stuff. But um, yeah, I don't really, I know the first song I ever did with my singing teacher on that first lesson where she made me do scales, that was Jar of Hearts. Okay. Um, Good one. And I can see it, your, I with
0: your voice and, and after listening to all the songs that you have out on your YouTube, I could see Jar of Hearts being a good song for your voice for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was it was the first one. I don't know why that was the song I picked, but it was the first one I picked. And now I do a lot of like Chris Isaac, like wicked games and a lot of that sort of thing. So yeah, a whole bunch of different things. but um it was North Kira Surf Club. It was a surf club that it was at. And yeah, that that was the first that was the first one I went to. And since then, with him, with Carl, we have gone from like one club and then he started one at a different club. And then there was like four or five different clubs that he's gone to. And we've gone to this one and then went to this one and then went to this one. And, this one and now, like I mentioned before, he's, he's like, he's like a second dad to me. So. So yeah,
0: it's always it was great Carl to meet him guitar, through that. Carl on guitar and then you on vocal. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, how he, you-
1: he, he sings as well, but Ooh. yeah. So he does like back up and plays guitar and then I sing with him.
0: Well, it's good that you have a Carl and a Danielle for that matter.
1: Oh, I love my Carl and team. I love Danielle. They are the best team. Yeah, I'm so thankful for them.
0: Okay, so let's progress forward. You know, when did you do? Are you writing any of this music or are people bringing you songs to sing? Uh, what What is the music that you have on your YouTube? Is that st- stuff by you? Uh, for example, the Know Me and the uh, Well, Mary, Did You Know? I can see that one. And then the God is a Woman. And I like how you interviewed yourself. i I, 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 I <laughs> sat and I listened to the whole fourteen minutes of you uh, answering. Questions. Interviewing
1: myself. It was yes. so good.
0: That was that was a good way to get to know who you know who I who I was going to be uh, talking to today. So I, I had a good preparation with you interviewing yourself, and I encourage everyone out there to step over to Andrea Dupree's uh, Dupree's uh, YouTube page and listen to the whole fourteen thirty one uh, of her interviewing herself. Thank with you. Oh, perfect. And it was so exercise. awkward. It was, was so awkward exercise. to
1: record. Yeah, it was so awkward to record because I, I hate like the sound of my own voice. And then I had to edit 14 minutes of it. Oh, it sucked. Oh, I hated it. But I got a really good response out of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy.
0: Well, even though I'm a good editor, I don't edit much. I, you know, the only thing I might cut <laughs> is on the audio portion of this podcast. I might cut the breaths out, you know, but the video portion will pretty much be raw out there on YouTube, living forever. So, Fun. Uh, oh, for Fun. sure. And, and Hot light. I, you know, I'm having a good time getting to know you, India Dupre. And I know that your music, I mean, it's it, five years, you have progressed. And there are some off there in the world. And how did those come to be, the, one, the ones that are out there on YouTube? And there's probably a handful right now but how did they th- were they written by you or written by someone else uh, give credit where credit is due of course miss India to
1: okay so some of the songs I got as a woman and that sort of thing those are songs that I've covered and Mary did you know that's a Christmas song so those are songs that I've covered but the songs like Know Me and How which is my new song those are songs that I've written myself and co-written with other people so I a lot of the time write my own music and go to to the studios and so a lot of the music that I've released under my name are, are all like mine and written with other people and been really really collaborative with and I at home I mean I'm writing a lot of my own stuff and um getting how? all that we stuff recorded. So I'm. Um,
0: how how does it go? Start to start to finish. What? I mean, have you been writing songs for, uh, since you were 12 or when did you start writing this st- stuff and how did, how was Okay. All right. Uh, uh, standard interview question in three, two, one. What is the process of putting that music together?
1: Okay. So the process is I've, I've been writing. Um, I've always been really good at English at school. So sucked at maths as we spoke about earlier um, before this podcast started. But with English, it was always like the easiest subject for me. So I've always been good with words and I guess writing and that sort of thing. So um, I think I, I tried writing music like back when I was 12, but it was like, oh my God, I hate that girl at school. Wow, she's so mean. Sounds those good. were probably the lyrics. Sounds like Hold a pop on. song. I'm back. Yes. <laughs> so those were probably the lyrics back then. But I, I started um, actually writing lyrics and music. It was actually really hard to write because I didn't play piano or guitar at the time. So I was good at writing like poetry and lyrics and everything. But it was hard because I couldn't like actually make it into a song because I didn't have like music to play with it. So, which is why I mentioned before that I was learning guitar. Um, but I guess the process is just music for me is therapy. That's why I love what I do because I can connect with music on different levels and it expresses how I feel without, you know, me speaking. Um, so I think that if I was feeling a certain way, instead of, you know, I guess going to the therapy and you know, speaking to different people about things and or reading a book. Like, my outlet, my musical creative outlet was writing and expressing and listening to music and just feeling it and singing it. So um, it's never, it never feels like a chore for me to write music. I think I started writing when I went to my first studio session in L.A., and I realized how LA? much I loved it.
0: How, how did you get to LA? What was that all about? You made the trip across, <laughs> the, uh, across to America. I, I know that you alluded to that, but when did that start, that you were, were making trips to LA?
1: Yeah, so I believe that started when I was 15. 15, I did my first trip to LA. And I worked with some amazing people and I wrote some songs and... Yeah, so I made my first trip over. Pardon?
0: Who put that together?
1: So I I got scouted online um, by a manager, and then I got flown over with my mum to work with some people. And since then, I have met Nate and Dan, and now they're they're the people that um, I work with very closely to create, I guess, India Dupre and who I am and the music that I'm making. So... Yeah, I've been doing some trips over to the States. Um, They're meant to be over here at the moment, but, you know, the world is dying right now. So they're they're not able to be here at the moment, but um, we still chat all the time, every day. um, And I'm planning on moving over in the next year um, to L.A., so that I have more opportunities for myself because I like to be involved with meetings and I like to meet people and, you know, do that whole sort of thing because, you know, it's one thing talking to someone, you know, online, but I am I love to connect with people and I love to meet people and I have a much better opportunity doing that over in the States where my management is, so... Yeah, that's, that, amazing. that's another side of me. The, Scouted the
0: online, like you put out a, a YouTube video and somebody said, oh, I want that, I want that girl, I want India, bring her to me, Yeah, bring her to happened. me. That happened. And and this is a, a Dan, uh, what's, what's his name?
1: So his name is Des. Des. And yes, and he managed me for a while and then now I'm managed by nate and dan but we're all still very close and we all still work together
0: and you so, had not recorded any music previous to that what where did you Where was the first recording that that got you this uh notoriety that that got them to notice you
1: so i was just releasing covers and um my interpretations of different songs online and I think they were just looking for um, music outside of America, like different different places, and they stumbled across me because I was, um, I think, number one in the Gold Coast for something. So my name popped up, and then they checked out my stuff, and they, even back when I wasn't very good, they still, I mean, I guess they liked what they heard and they wanted to explore more of it and that they believed in me.
0: So, well, that's great. What was your experience in LA and what was the studio there that you recorded in?
1: Oh God, I loved it. I loved it. I loved LA. I loved seeing squirrels for the first time uh, and going to Santa Monica and the pier and meeting different people, seeing the Hollywood sign. And, um, I don't know the specific studios name, but I worked with, um, some people at home studios and stuff. Um, the amazing people that produced my last two songs are the wavies they were in Hollywood. So yeah, I've, I've worked with amazing people and it was such a beautiful experience. I think that's when people started really taking me seriously is when they're like, Oh, she's going to America and the alpha music. Like, 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 this is, this is really something. Um, Cause like I mentioned before, briefly, I touched on it. Um, I didn't have a lot of support at school for music. Um, I was really embarrassed because when I was quite young and I just started making music, my mum was a proud mum and she was posting on Facebook and YouTube and kids found it and were bullying me for it, making fun of me. So... I was always up until – up until even I left school a couple years ago, I didn't speak about music. I was embarrassed of who I was and music, and I refused to speak about it. If And people would bring it up, but I would, like, like shut down. Like, it was a really, really hard thing for me personally. But it's school, and I was like, okay – now I don't have to worry about that anymore. I can focus on me, what I'm going to do. And then I, you know, went overseas and everyone was like, okay, wait, this is actually something that she's taking seriously. So, yeah, it was it was such a beautiful experience. I loved it as soon as I got there. Chick-fil-A is my favorite food in the whole world. Like, I'm obsessed. That's the one thing I miss more than anything else, Chick-fil-A I'm sorry. All right, Counting get that girl, girl a sponsorship. I'm back.
0: Get that girl a sponsorship right now, Chick-fil-A. That, that's what I've
1: been saying. <laughs> that's what I've been saying to Nate. I'm like, one day it's going to happen. I'm going to be sponsored by Chick-fil-A, and I'm going to have Chick-fil-A for life. Uh, it's sing, like
0: Sing one little hook for Chick-fil-A right now.
1: Mm. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, got to get in my tummy.
0: Yeah all right yeah they're gonna take that and put it all over the world and you're gonna get free chick-fil-a i hope
1: <laughs> one day one day i'm, I'm no i taking and, it
0: in and, and not that you would should care or anything like that if they're not now they will be soon all those kids in school will go i probably should have been nicer to india dupre because you you're up there <laughs> Net, right next to the Hollywood sign. There's your your billboard right there.
1: Just my my big face on a on a billboard. Um
0: <laughs> hopefully soon.
1: one day. No, think but big. Instead of instead of them being like, Oh, I wish I was nicer to her, I think I just want them to say like, I hope that I'm nicer to people so that it's not coming from like a place of like Oh, because something else that I don't like is a lot of the kids that weren't really nice to me back at school send me messages now like, oh, remember me when you're famous. And it's like, oh, I'm going to remember you all right. Maybe not for the right reasons, but um, I definitely, I, a lot of people who didn't support me before, they support me now and they've apologised and all that sort of thing. But um, I think that, yeah, pe- people take me a lot more seriously now. I think because they saw how insecure I was about it, and now I believe in myself, and I know who I am, and I know what I want to do with my life, and a lot of people don't know that yet, but I know that at a young age, and I'm very, very thankful for that.
0: Well, you've got your family. You've got a good group of people that are helping you on your way. Do you have a couple of friends that you can actually call friends that you can confide in from time to time?
1: Yeah, I I, I keep my circle very small. Um, because yeah, my mom's always said that to me growing up. I have a handful of people that I keep very close to me, but, um, as you'd expect from leaving school, I think as soon as I left school, a lot of people just stopped talking to me and a lot of people, like I've realized hang around other people just to hang around. Like they weren't actually friends with each other. Um, but I'm lucky to have left school into to have stayed in contact with some people and then even recently rebuilt connections with people because um, a lot of it i have to blame on myself i mean um i wasn't really getting myself out there as much because i was at home all the time i was studying like i wasn't allowing myself to get out and see people and meet people and so i'm doing that now and i'm, I'm really happy with how it's all going
0: well, you're heading in the right direction. I guess there wasn't a lot of opportunity for recording music or doing some real recording in Queensland. Is that what you found? I'm guessing you know, yeah. It, pretty much anyone with uh, you know a, a thousand bucks or so can can get some good recording equipment and put it in their house. At least you'll be able to do a demo. But if you really are serious, there's only a few places in the whole wide world to do what you do. And one of those places is Los Angeles, California, and you've already made your way there and your plans are to be there very, very soon. Uh, how on your way are you in that goal? And do you plan to take your mom and your sisters with you or you're just leaving it all behind?
1: So I think that you're definitely right. I mean, Australia isn't known for its music. Um, and a lot of the music that's in Australia stays in Australia. Like it's very, centralized and it just pumps in the same, I mean, in Australia. Um, So we have our handful of artists that get airplay and all of that sort of thing, but it's very, very rare that they make that transition over into American mainstream. So that's something that I'm hoping I can do. Um, It's really hard, I guess, to find recording studios. I'm very lucky to have one that's really close to my house that I go to. um, But When I was in L.A., there was a lot more of an opportunity and the quality of a lot of it is a lot better because America's more, like, progressed in that sort of thing with music. Australia's still, um, I mean, Australia's doing a lot better now than it was. Like, a lot of our artists are making it to American music with, like, TikTok and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I think it is quite hard in Australia, because it's a lot smaller than it is in America. And so they, they keep the people at the top. And, um, yeah, so going over to LA is going to help me out a lot with the music side of things. You're definitely right. It is a hot spot to go. There are certain places in the world where that's, you know, what they do. They're like, LA is known for music, for art, that sort of thing. So it makes sense that that's where... That's where I'll be. And to answer your question, like how long or how far away that is for me, I was planning on. My mum said, once I'm eighteen, I could do whatever I want. So I was thinking that's the magic number. I'm like, she's like, nope. You're still seventeen. You're still sixteen. You're still fifteen. But once I get to eighteen, it's like, okay, now what am I going to do? And if I if music wasn't my passion, I'd probably you know, stay here, live my life, do whatever. But, um, these are the prime years I feel like to set yourself up to be successful. And although I would love to stay at home with my family more, I believe, um, halfway through next year or towards the end of next year, like I'm going to be making the trip alone and I'm doing that for myself. And it's a big step, 100%. Like it's crazy, And I have a lot of things to figure out, but I know that for myself and for my career, I have to give myself that chance and it may be hard and I may have to struggle for a bit, but I'm not going to ever live it down within myself if I don't give it a go.
0: Oh yeah. You'll always wonder what if now, when you went over with with your mom a couple of years ago at 15, uh, how long did you spend in LA and, and were you recording, I guess you were recording one of your songs back then uh, at 15 with your mom and how how long did you spend there?
1: So I believe mom and I spent like maybe, I I think it was two weeks, two or three weeks, something like that. So not not a very long time, but we went over and I recorded a couple of songs and the the songs that I recorded over there, hold on, the songs that I recorded over there, i have released now so it's taken a while to be ready for the songs to be released but now i have so many songs that i'm ready to release and i'm excited to sort out that's more current that's more now that's me today so i've been writing a lot and recording a lot and i'm excited to release all of that
0: so what were the songs that you recorded at 15
1: so I recorded "How" and "Know Me." So those are the two songs that are out now, and I believe I recorded them on my first or second trip over in the states.
0: Well, very bass-driven, very dance-oriented. I just and but your vocals offset that bass so well. I, I li- I'm listening to those songs and I'm I'm saying, yeah, that's a good singer. That's a pop singer right there. Uh, you know, I, I could see those songs being on any chart, and 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 if I have the opportunity, I do want to get those songs and put them on Radio What, which is that little thing that's behind me. Uh,
1: that would be amazing.
0: What dot com. At least they'll be on an internet radio station uh, playing India Dupre songs. And I encourage you if you're out there on your Spotify, I've already found the Spotify and and you know put them on your. Spotify playlist, and hopefully India Dupre gets a couple pennies out of it and helps uh, to eject her into her career and, uh, and 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 infuse that cash, I guess, uh, so you can make a living uh, as an artiste. But uh, artiste, no, yes, is that the goal uh, to do this for the, uh, for the rest of your life or as long as you possibly can?
1: Yes, yeah, so so music um, is always going to be a part of what I do, whether that be becoming, you know, a major pop artist in the charts or becoming a singing teacher or helping someone write music. Like, music is going to be a part of it no matter what. I I hope... See, for me, it's not about the money or fame, although that, that would help in my career, but for me, music started becoming a real thing when I saw how it healed other people and how it healed me. And that's what my, that's what my life purpose is is to heal people through music and to share music and to connect with a lot of people and to help people with music, how music has helped me. So that's always the core of what I do. Um, And at the end of the day, if I can help people and bring people joy or, you know, help people feel less alone through music, then that's, I'm happy at the end of the day. So um, a lot of people think that fame is where everything's at, but I would just want to connect with people and connect with as many people as I can and to get myself out there. And yeah, so I'm excited to release stuff that reflects all of that.
0: I'm glad that you have the mindset that uh, you may or may not make a living you know or, or make a lot of money uh, doing what you do because hey it may not it may or may not come as quickly as you want it to come but if you keep at it you, you can make a living doing music you know I've, I've been DJing since 1986 yes I'm an old man and I, I, I often wonder uh, should I stop doing this am I getting out of touch with the kids and then I'll do a, a prom if you will or or a kids party and and find that I'm still in touch. So you can do music as long as you can. And I, I'm very jealous uh, of someone as such as yourself who can put their feelings onto paper, uh, in, into words. And wait a minute. Okay, Grandpa, what's paper? No, onto a computer. I'm guessing you're typing on a keyboard. Uh, you know, a poem that you can turn into a song. And, and I'm I'm so impressed with you already, India Dupre, and I, I look forward to hearing more from you as time progresses. And, and are you going to miss those birds outside when you move to L.A.? I, I, I know that there's birds and, and animals and such in L.A., but I've had such a menagerie in my headphones for the past hour or so. It's wonderful.
1: This is the quiet time of the day. <laughs> I mean, I can't even hear them now because I'm so used to it. But you're probably like, what is that noise? What are all these birds? Yeah, um, this is Australia, I guess. I um, I'm gonna miss dogs barking at every single thing that moves in the whole entire world down the street. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss all of that sort of thing. But I'm excited to immerse myself in a new world and to learn and grow. And but there's there's a lot of things I have to do before then, like America's laws and their rules and how different things work because america is very big and i don't know if this is correct correct me if i'm wrong but i've heard that a lot of different states are quite different and independent like with the way that a lot of places run like some places are predominantly you know white people and some places are more mixed and some places are more progressive than others and um I don't really have that knowledge yet. I don't know which places are safer to go, which places I, like, I don't know, um, like in LA, there's probably different, like unspoken rules of like, you don't really go here or you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. I'll just be an idiot in the corner doing stuff that most people wouldn't do. So I need to learn all of that sort of thing um well, it's before good, i go over
0: it's good that you have a team that's going to help you through the, uh navigate through those waters you know i come from miami a very diversified place in los angeles when i uh, the small the little time that i spent in los angeles was very similar lots of different types of people uh, congregating and, and a lot of artists uh, congregating to do the same thing that, that you're trying to do, either make movies or make music or do something creative with their lives uh, to try to make a living doing what's in their heads. What's the only thing that they can do, the only thing that you can do, you can't, as, as it is now with your mindset, you can't sit at an, at an office, uh, in an office and do a nine to five. You have to do this. You've had to do this for at least two and probably five years since you sang Rainbow Connection at 12 years old. You knew that this was the trajectory that you were going to be in. And Indy Dupree, I I want you to do this. I want you to continue on this path because this is your time. Uh, This is the time for you to explore new things. I tell people in their 20s. Do everything you want because you're still made of rubber. You have Wolverine powers. You can heal. If you fall, you're going to bounce back up. And, you know, Especially
1: once- right now, yeah. um, while everyone's at home and COVID-19, like for once in our life, we have a pause to where we can like edit our lives and figure out what we want to do. Like, um, Although it's had a lot of negative effects on society, I feel like if someone can... Read that book that they never had time for, or someone can discover that they love art, or discover that they want to be a movie maker. Like if people um, use this time to really find something that they're passionate about, then you know, I'm I'm happy that I got to, you know, have this time to pause and refigure out my life and edit what's important moving forward.
0: India Dupre, it's definitely make the cre- making the creators more creative. You're finding more outlets. I see a lot of uh, of people such as yourself, singers and artists, that are doing these online concerts and maybe putting a little PayPal down there if you want to throw a dollar that way. That's fine. But it's not for the money. It's for the passion just alluding to. You have that passion. You have to sing. It's something in your blood that passed on from your, your father, you know, with the guitar and such. And then, you know, your mother gave you the caring instinct as well. And and that all culminated. That all mixed together. And then your sisters, you know, all mixed together. And, and it's becoming India Dupree. And Nate. Oh, Nate's Nate, Nate
1: added a lot to well, it Nate too. Is great. Like he, the way that I think, and my mindset, and a lot of my resilience and power within myself has come from him. So it's been a mixture of a lot of different
0: influences. Well, that's good. I expect to see a lot more of of these interviews as time progresses. A lot more music coming from you. Uh, it's it's something that an artist has to do. You, a creator has to create. And you, India Dupre, have to create. So I want to see more creations. Keep those hits coming. Uh, I'm already ex- you. Ex- excited about the stuff that I've heard already. And, and I want to hear more. I just want to hear more. Uh, so, I mean, I guess as we wind this down, it's getting very, very late over there. Even though the birds think it's still daytime, it's time to, to wake up. It has to, be, uh, it has to be the wee hours of the morning for you there. Uh, wh- what time is it?
1: It's like 11 o'clock in the day. Oh. We're doing fine. Well, all right Birds then. Birds are just hanging, squawking about. I mean, they do it all times of day, early times of the morning. So uh, you're not wrong for thinking that way. But, yeah, it's, it's just before lunchtime, all I right think.
0: All right, then. Uh, t- t- time zones very hard. And I'm glad that you made the time to be with me tonight t- or today as we uh, wind this down, the What Makes You Famous podcast. Tell the people how how to get a hold of you because – India Dupre is a great name. You've you've definitely branded that name. Is that the way to find you? Just look up your name?
1: Yes. Yeah, so look up my name on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, everywhere that you want to find me on, just look up my name. Um, I've got a silent Z in my last name. So... Might be a bit hard, but it's a unique name. So if you find it, it is me. And, um, yeah, the easiest way you can support me is just by listening to my music and streaming it and downloading it and just, yeah, just loving it and supporting me. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me. and I really, really appreciate you making the time and chatting today.
0: Well, I appreciate you and, and current events uh, as, you know, uh, until the the world stopped, with coronavirus, you were doing open mics, but what? How have you been keeping uh, yourself busy uh, since coronavirus has started? Uh, I guess in in March, uh, the the world ended or, or stopped for a moment. Uh, how have you yeah, been keeping so, yourself busy?
1: Um, When when Corona was really kicking off, I was in Melbourne, so I traveled. Um, during my birthday so I could go record some music um over there for a week. So I went over and I came back and the world was, you know, dying. So um it sucks I haven't been able to go to open mic. I'm missing it so much. So much, but I've been writing um a lot. I thought that I wouldn't find a lot of inspiration at home, but I've been writing like quite a bit and I've been playing guitar and piano and all that sort of thing. And things are starting to open up now, like the recording studio and all that sort of thing. So that's made things a lot better because I can, um, yeah, I can do stuff a bit better now. So I can go and record music again. I can go and go out for dinner with, you know, someone like a friend. Like I can like leave my house a bit more, um, so, yeah, it's good. I've, I've been really inspired, actually. I've been going on lots of walks, which is amazing because I'm so lazy. So I've been going on walks and listening to music and writing. And, yeah, it's been really, really good.
0: Well, that's good. See? And that's what a creator does, uses the experiences that happen and puts them, and that's what you're doing, is putting the, putting those those thoughts, those experiences into song. That's how you create. Mm-hmm. That's how you express. Yes. I appreciate that so much. Well, I um, I do want to catch up with you as time progresses, as things happen uh, more and more for you, India Dupre. But I usually finish these things off with last words for the people. India Dupre, it could be some words that you live by, something that you heard way back when, or it could be just whatever pops into your head at this moment in time. India Dupre, last words for the people.
1: Okay. So I just want people to know that something I go by is everything happens for a reason. And when something really annoying or inconvenient is going on in your life, if you walk out of that situation and you've learned something, then that's amazing. So see every negative experience as a positive because you get to learn something and you get to move forward and you get to grow. So everything happens for a reason. Trust life. Trust the process believe in who you are believe in the process and know that you are where you're meant to be even if it seems really hard at the moment
0: there you have it party people india dupre all the way from queensland in australia the big continent the big country i guess (laughs) it's very natural over there did you hear those birds singing and those dogs barking she says that's all that's all the time it's just normal for her (laughs) It was good to talk to that nice young lady and let me tell you, she's got a future ahead of her. I think she's got a good head on her shoulders. I think she's going to go far Uh, You know, I, I I think she's got a good team uh, that's waiting for her in Los Angeles and I know her mom is going to miss her and her her sisters are going to miss her, but I think she's going to do just fine in L.A. If you keep doing what you're doing, India Dupre, you're going to do just fine. I encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, look up India Dupre. Her links are in the show notes. uh, And if you're looking at the video version, you'll see that her name was underneath her her likeness, her video. words elude me at this time of night <laughs> her word her name was under there so look her up everywhere that india dupre it's it's the the name you need to know and and i encourage you to follow her on her journey as she makes it through this world of music and gives out more offerings yeah more experiences equal more offerings of music that's man i'm so jealous of creators that can do that uh, put their their ideas uh, onto onto paper, onto the computer, and then make a song out of it. My goodness. That's it's amazing. All right, party people. <laughs> that's, that's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. If you'd like to tell your story, yes you, I'm talking to you. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at what dot com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, radio what dot com, DJ dot com Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at KeysDan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. PayPal.me/keysdan. forward Email info at radio what.com What makes you famous? Podcast is a production of Keys Dan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Radio What: the music you want with some words to live by. Yield and be humble. A public service message. A public service message from Radio What. Com. The music you want. Tweet, tweet, yo. Follow Radio What? On Twitter. At Radio What? Twit. Tweet, tweet, yo.